Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics. How you doing? Welcome to the Fantasy MD's baseball podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 20th, 2022. This is our 40th episode already. Um, we're getting there, Matt. We're, but we're doing a little something, something here. But, um, you know, if you guys enjoying the podcast, you know, you've been listening, you know, you like what we're talking about. We uh, tro- totally appreciate it. If you give us a little five-star rating wherever you listen, you know, if you throw a little review, that helps a lot as well. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you subscribe, you know, hit the little bell. It gives you, you know, a notification every time, you know, we throw out a new video. And, uh, you know, if you guys have not heard, we're doing a little baseball card giveaway. We got four cards, you know, some pretty good ones. Got a nice little 19, uh, I believe it's 89 Mets set, or 86, rather. Um, you know, so if you guys are interested in that, just go to, you know, any of our socials. You see a little me with the Yankee hat, Yankee jersey on. Just pop that video on. It'll give you all the details for that. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, uh, my best friend, Matthew Arne. Matt, how are we doing today, brother? I'm doing great, man. I, I hope I can live up to that announcement. <laughs> <You're laughs> you, brother, there, you, do, you do every week. You do, you do every day, my brother. You totally do. Oh, man. I'm doing good, man. You know, life is good. I'm off for the rest of the week going on a bachelor party. So, uh, ah, there we go. I, I don't know what go. kind of shape nice. I've been on Monday, like on Monday, Monday, guys, but um, <laughs> I might look a little decrepit. <laughs> So yeah, fair enough, fair enough, my brother. Um, you know, uh, guys, that all star game was great last night. If anybody caught that, I had to throw on the little, I'll give you guys a little spin. I got the Stanton on, you know, guy, uh, he went out there, you know, broke a hole in the game. You know, uh, him and, him and uh, Byron Buxton went back to back with the home runs, and that was the end of that. The home run derby was awesome. If you guys saw, you know, what Julio did, and you know, but we got to give the credit, all the credit in the world to Mr. Juan Soto. And that's our finger on the pulse for today. We're going to talk about uh, Juan Soto for a little bit here, guys. Uh, looks like he's going to get traded. You know, if the Nationals want to get anything out of him, you know, now now's the time to act. You know, um, it doesn't look like he wants to resign there. They're not doing anything to make him want to resign there, right? So I just want to point this out real quick, guys. Last year, Juan Soto, you know, jumped in the home run derby. He had a slow uh, first half last year, too. And, you know, the home run derby uh, made him break out of that slump. I'm going to actually read you guys what uh, Juan Soto did in the second half last year, right? 73 games, 63 runs, 19 bombs, 55 RBIs, three steals, and he hit 333, right? And uh, once again, that's 258 at bat, 73 games. So the guy was a house on fire going into the second half. Um, we all know those numbers don't look um, as good this year in the first half, right? You know, he's only hitting 250 so far, but he does have 20 bombs. He's got five steals, 43 RBIs, 57 runs. Right now is the time to go out and throw, throw a buy low in Dynasty and redraft in any kind of league right now because I think, and I know my brother Matt's about to rant in a second about how good Juan Soto is and the second half that he's going to have. So I think right now is the time to go out there and you do what it takes to get Juan Soto on your team right now. That's my yeah. opinion. I agree. I agree because, um, you know, with the whole layering trade, it's going to add to his fantasy value. I mean, that second half, um, I think, is coming just like last year. Hey, who knows? Maybe he's just a slow starter or maybe maybe it's just the man wants to win. So that's the other yeah. thing. This is the other caveat. He may explode even more than he did last year because I don't think he's showing up to play every day. He puts a smile on, you know, he waves to the fans, he hits, his, he hits, he hits and whatnot. But it's hard to go out there and lose almost yep six out of the seven nights a week right so do you think that's going to affect you a guy's a guy's mentality to you know want to you know swing for the fences yeah so i think the second he gets traded it's going to go go to a whole nother level and on top of that i think the home run derby is going to get him right just like it did last year so we may see some crazy crazy second half 
And not for nothing, like I guess we could start talking about teams, about where where his possible landing spots. Yeah, let's are. go for it, Matt. Where do you yeah. where do you think he ends up? Personally, I'm I'm thinking the Yankees, and I'm not not just being a Yankee bias. You have Aaron. I love Jacob. that though. I love that. Yeah, you have Aaron Judge screaming to get him right. He's like, I want to win. Let's win now. Let's get Juan Soto. We can't let this guy pass, right? Not only that, but you know, just because one big guy saying I want this guy doesn't mean they're going to get them. But Yankees have one of the deepest farm systems in the league, hands down, right? Okay. We have a lot of people that we can offer, hands down. The number one note I could think of is, um, I don't know, Asan Dominguez. Yeah, I don't know if people know who he is, but he's pretty much just, you know, another Aaron Judge, six foot eight, whopping like a bajillion pounds. If anybody watched the the Futures game, Mr. Jason Dominguez hit a hit a pretty nice home run in that game. You know, he he looks absolutely great. You know, he crushes the ball. Like he's probably one of the best prospects that's going to come up. And you know what? Here's the deal. Like, oh, why would you trade him then? Right. Well, here's the thing. He's unknown. Right. And he's and. Whereas Juan Soto is what twenty three, I think. Uh, so yeah. he already has a World Series. Um, he's been in the con- consideration for MVP at least twice since he's been up, he's and he's had one of the most. Last year. Yeah, and oh, he's twenty twenty one. I'm sorry. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, he has been one of the most electric baseball players since he's been up, and top baseball players since he's been up. So it's proven versus possibilities, right? I rather take proven, and I'm gonna. They're around the same age, I think. Hassan's 21 and Soto's 23. Dominguez is 19, bro. 19. 19? 19 years old. When did the when did the Yankees get him? When he came out of his mother's womb? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this is why they want an international draft. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's one possibility. I think another possibility could be the Braves. I think which would be a very interesting aspect to it. They need an outfielder. Um, they're a young team that wants to win now as well. They have some prospects and and things that they can throw away to possibly lower him in and i mean then there's you know the evil empire um you know oh if the dodgers go out dodgers. forget about It'd it be unfair just give him the world series now yeah <laughs> you know there's them i mean i could totally see them trying to scoop him up i mean i could also see him trying to go to kansas city with that young squad and kind of ride out with them too um yeah, seattle is another good one I'll tell you this, Matt. Let me throw out a wild card. You know, let me throw out a team that maybe nobody's thinking about. I, mm-hmm. I think that if the St. Louis Cardinals really want to win, you know, they have a good team. Um, they have their farm system is very impressive. Almost a lot of guys that have come up um, this year through their farm system, Nolan Gorman, Juan Yepes, uh, Donovan, all those guys are succeeding. And, you know, maybe it's at small clips, but you can tell that they all have bright futures ahead of them, right? So maybe they reach into the farm system, you know, throw in two, three of those guys. Maybe Nolan Gorman goes in that trade. But I could see the St. Louis Cardinals if they really want to go for it, you know, because they, they do have a pretty good team there, and they got a chance to win it all. But I'll pay this. It's going to take a lot of prospects, even if the Yankees go for them. I think it's uh, Dominguez. I think it's Peraza. And I think even, like, Waldachuk, you know, their number one pitcher. Or maybe not the number one pitcher, but he's been the best pitcher in the minors for the Yankees. There's that other year. guy, too. What's his name? It starts with a, a Y. I keep forgetting his name. It's like Yolo or Dolo or something. I'm not 100% sure. You'd have to fact check me on that one. But um, like I said, I know I know it'd be at least Peraza, Dominguez, and probably Waldachuk they would want. And, you know, I mean, if the Yankees are willing to do that, you know, just secure yourself a 23-year-old Juan Soto, I think it's worth it, to be honest. Like you said, you know, these are these guys are all like, you know, Perez and Dominguez specifically, very young guys that, you know, uh, Peraza's 22 and, uh, as I said, I'm Dominguez sorry. is 19. Vol- Volpe. 
Oh, yeah, Volpe. There you go. Volpe. Yeah, Anthony Volpe. Totally, yeah. And, and Volpe might be in that trade, too. But you know what? As you know, we're saying, the Yankees have the prospects to do it. Team yeah. like the Cardinals has the prospects to do it. The Dodgers have enough to do it. So, you know, I, I think he winds up on a team that's contending for a championship, which will make him happy. As Matt said, you know, it's really tough to get, um, you know, wake up every day and knowing that you're, you're going to lose most of the time, even though if he goes four for four, you know, hits a home run, three RBIs, you know, they're still probably going to lose the game because the pitching there is terrible. And it's just a tough environment to be in for Mr. Soto. And he's, he's in for a big second half, guys. So I think the best advice that we can give you here on the MDs is that he's going to wind up on a good team. And, you know, he, he had the big breakout in the second half last year. And we think he's going to do it again this year with winning the home run derby last year. He didn't even win the home run derby this year. He won it. So, you know, he has even more incentive to go out there and play hard. You know, it's just, it just looks really, really bright future for Juan Soto. If you can go out there and, you know, let's see what, well, let's see. I, um, on my big team, you know, I mean, Matt, Matt has him, you know, in, in that league. So I know I'm not getting him, but I'll just give you guys an idea of what, what kind of offer I might throw out for Juan Soto in my, uh, my, my keeper league. Right. Uh, so let's see, let's see. I have, I have a pretty good team. I mean, I'm in first, so, you know, I'm doing all right. But I think it takes at least, you know, for even to get somebody like Matt, who really knows what he's talking about, to listen to me, I'd have to throw out like uh, an Austin Riley and um, like, uh, I don't even know. I, I definitely a pitcher. I'm looking at my pitching. Maybe like Austin Riley, Spencer Strider and Christian Javier type of trade, you know, and I don't even know if that gets it done, you know. But, you know, you got you got to go in young guys that are doing well and something along the lines of that to even get the conversation started. And I'll let Matt comment because Matt, Matt is a Juan Soto owner, so he could probably tell us better what he'd be looking for. Personally, I wouldn't even do that. Yeah, um, fair enough. I don't blame you. Like, to be completely honest, like, here's how you got to look at it. You want same kind of draft capital, right? You want somebody that's going to be proven – that you drafted high that's going to give it up because you drafted Soto in the top 10, possibly even top five. So you're going to want that same kind of draft return, right? But here's the deal. He's underperforming. So you probably can get away with packaging three guys or two guys. Or that's the route I was taking because, you know, I, I, I sat a savvy type of owner, you know, like someone like myself and Matt, you kind of want to, if you, if you get in the best player in the trade, you usually win in the trade. Not always, but you know, I mean, like, that's why I said, I'll try and package a few guys for him. But it's straight up, you're talking about, if you're talking about a one-for-one type of deal, I, I mean, I have Tatis on my team, he is hurt. So you got to start there. You throw out a Tatis for a Soto, and that's that gets the conversation started. You, you, know, can, I, that, that. you can also just throw out like, um, oh, shoot, I just had it. I apologize. Shoot. Oh, like, a, like a name, like a real name, like, like Bieber, right? Bieber's underperforming yeah. as well. Yeah. Right? You, you mix in a Bieber, and you throw in a really good bat in the top 50. So let me think here. A Giancarlo Stanton. And then you mix in. You got to throw a young guy in there too. Yeah. You would definitely need somebody with some youth, you know? Yeah. Now, how about this? Um, let me ask you this question. What if somebody turned around and offered you Julio for Soto? You do that? In a hoppy. Yeah. See, there you go. That, that, see, that, that's, that's one that's a tough, in a, you know, in a, in a keeper or a dynasty because, you know, Julio's future looks really, really, really bright, especially after hitting 30 in the first two rounds of the, the whole thing. Is I get Julio and something, and then yeah. I do it in a hoppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I hear that. But if you're looking at, if you, I mean, Julio is probably. I wouldn't want to give up in, in pretty much any league. Yeah. That's the only thing. You're not getting that. You're not getting that kind of offer, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, as a Julio owner myself, I'm, I'm probably not, probably not trading him anyway. No, not <laughs> that even. That has to be a blow me away offer. Yeah, like you would have to be Julio and like, like Ramirez. <laughs> like that's that where I'm at. But um, you know. 
there's not there's not too many guys I give up for it, but you never know. I mean, it depends. So you got to look at look at your league, right? So know your know know who you're going to trade with. So for instance, uh, Soto hasn't really been performing. So therefore, if he kind of banked most of his power and you know kind of went heavy on pitching to start the draft, he may need more bats or she, right? And at that point, they may be lower in the bracket, which then therefore they could be trying to make that playoff push which then they may be more encouraged to trade him for, for a haul. So then you look at what they actually need and examine their team. And you probably can probably sneak one out, especially if you got the capital going to, I, don't, I, I can pass this and I can, I can totally accept whatever I'm going to give up to get Juan Soto. So, you know, just know your league essentially before you go out and trade for him. Yeah. Fair enough, my brother. Well, you know what? I think, I think, I think we got enough of the Juan Soto talking. I think everybody, you know, all the fans and everyone kind of, we gave you guys a good idea of, you know, if you want to go out there and trade for him, what you got to offer, you know, what, what's in store for the second half for him. And, you know, it just, things look really bright for the future for the 23 year old Juan Soto guys. Right. So we're going to move into something different here. You know, um, not if you guys are looking for news and stuff like that, go back to the last episode and we covered a lot of all the news that's going into the all-star break and that kind of stuff. So we kind of want to do a second half predictions here. Right. And the way we're going to do this, we're going to kind of go through every position and we're going to check who's the top 10 on Yahoo. And um, we're going to tell you who we think stays in the top 10. And we're going to tell you some guys that are underneath the top 10 that we might get out there and reach into. Right. That might get into the top 10 for the second half. So we're going to start with catcher, you know, um, position that's been very interesting this year. I'm going to read you off the top 10 on Yahoo once again, guys. Got Alejandro Kirk, number one. JT Realmuto, number two. Wilson Contreras, number three. Will Smith, number four. Dalton Varsho, number five. Travis Darno, number six. Jonah Heim, number seven. Tyler Stevenson, number eight. Sean Murphy, number nine. And Christian Vasquez, number 10. So I'm looking at that list to me, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, who in the top 10 can move up, right? That's, that's kind of what I see right here, right now. Guys, Tyler Stevenson's been hurt, banged up a little bit, you know, so those numbers are even a little low. And uh, let's read you off his numbers here. Tyler Stevenson, 166 at-bats, right? 24 runs, six bombs, 35 RBIs, a steal, and he's sitting 319. Now, when he got hurt, unfortunately, I didn't have the room on the IL in my league. I had to drop him. Um, and I kind of, I'm regretting it because he just came back and he's hitting the same way he did, you know, before he went down. Right. Um, so he's been back for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. He's got a hit in all, but one of them, uh, there's a three hit game in there. There's two, two hit games in there. He's got a bomb, uh, four RBIs, three runs. Um, I don't know if he's a trade candidate. Uh, the reds might look to trade him because, you know, he does have a lot of value. So if he winds up on a better team after the trade deadline, I think he's only going to get better. But, you know, it's a great park to hit it in Cincinnati. I, I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like, you know, Tyler Stevenson moves up into the top five. If I had to pick anyone that's going to go down, uh, maybe Dalton Varsho a little bit. His, he's only as high up as he is because he has five steals. He's hitting 233, which is not impressive. 12 bombs is all right for a catcher. The counting stats are okay with 45 RBIs and 39 runs. But he's on that Arizona team, so I don't think things get any better. And a lot of those numbers are from, you know, earlier in the season. Um, and I'll give you one guy that may not be in the top 10 right now that can get in there. Um, you know what? Somebody that we've talked about a bunch on this podcast, MJ Melendez, right? And I know that's one of Matt's boys. Um, I think he has a lot of power in that bat that's been untapped so far this year. He does have nine bombs and 212 at-bats, which is pretty good. But that batting average is a little low, too, at 217. I think he can wind up being a 230, 240 hitter, maybe even 250 in a good year with a lot, a lot of power. 
So, you know, he's only 40% owned. If he's out there in your leagues, you're hurting that catcher, you know, you're in a deeper league and he's available, I definitely think he has top 10 potential uh, for the rest of the season. Matt, my brother, uh, anybody here in the top 10 that you want to speak about? Anyone you think that's not in the top 10 that can get in there? Anything of the sort? I mean, I agree with Melendez. Um, I think Melendez is probably going to get it get it turned on. You know, he, he was starting to heat up. He's been a little hot and cold. But I think that the second half after, you know, not going to Toronto, getting that real rest and seeing what's up and kind of probably getting a little focused, he can come back and smack you out a whole bunch of bounces. Oh, I think yeah. he's going to light it up and send the ball cross yard all day. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. But um, somebody that I'm, I'm really, really excited to see who's, if they can bounce back, and I think they will. And this is a pitcher, um, and that's going to be Lance Lynn. Okay. Um, Lance Lynn came back at, off that knee injury, um, hasn't looked the same, has actually been really putrid. But, I mean, that injury isn't something that generally ends pitchers, right? It's not like he's running the bases or trying to steal or anything of the sort, right? We're not asking him to do any of that anymore. Thank God for the DH. But it is his planting foot, so it's been affecting how he has to do it. He's getting used to his new body, right? I hurt my knee. It took me some time to even learn how to run. So I can imagine planting it at the great mass that he does. And I think this break is going to help him get right. And we can see a little bit better of a performance and kind of more of the Lance Lynn of the old. And if I were you, he's a great by low candidate, right? You can almost get him for free 99. I have um, a few people that have DM me. Should I drop him? You know, what do we do? You know, like he's, he's killing me. So I say, you'd ever drop the guy. You trade him if anything, but me personally, I'm, I'm a hold because he has that second half upset. And I think we're going to see it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I'll chime in with Lance Lynn here. I mean, I'm probably not as high as him as on, as you are going forward. I mean, if you can get him for cheap in a trade right now, I, I would definitely say that's a, you know, it's a good move. He's a career three, five, seven ERA guy with a career one, two, seven whip. Um, he's a, he's a right on a uh, K per nine in his career as well. So, you know, you're going to get some strikeouts there. I'll just say this. He's 35 years old. He's getting a little older coming off a, a tough injury. As Matt said, you know, to deal with it's, it's, you know, it's going to take a little bit, but it's, it's only going to be uphill from here. Right. Hopefully with the, on the year, he's got a seven fifty ERA with a, with a one five Oh whip. So, you know, I think those numbers definitely improve. Right. But I, I'll tell you this, I wouldn't go out there and, you know, trade anybody drastic for him. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, um, you know, going crazy trying to acquire him, but Hey, if somebody's looking to sell him on, you know, like um, 10 cents on the dollar, why not go out there and make that move? Because as I said, it's only uphill from here. So, you know what, Matt, uh, getting into starting pitching, let's, uh, let's talk about the top 10 of starting pitching so far on the year. Once again, guys, we're going by, um, Yahoo rankings, you know, Yahoo is the most um, used fantasy baseball platform, you know, out there. So that's kind of why we go by this. Uh, so on the year, you got Shane McClanahan, number one guy has been out, absolutely outrageous. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, number two, Justin Verlander, number three, Corbin Burns, number four, Tony Gonsolin, number five, Alec Manoa, number six, Shohei Otani, number seven, Garrett Cole, number eight, Dylan Cease, number nine, and Joe Musgrove, number 10, right? And if I had a, there's one guy that kind of stands out to me as like an outlier in that um, top 10, right? Uh, Tony Gonsolin now, um, like he's a great pitcher. He's like a really, really good pitcher, right? But I don't think, he, I think he's outpitched his, um, you know, his, his, how good he is. Because on the year, Tony Gonsolin, and he got hit in the all-star game, right? Uh, he's the one that gave up all those runs. So when he's going up against high caliber guys, it looks like, you know, he's struggling a little bit. So on the year, Tony Gonsolin, 93 innings. 
86 innings, 11 wins, super impressive, 202 ERA and an 084 whip. So he's somebody that I would be looking to trade right now and get as much value back as I can because there's a lot of value there right now. He's on a great team. He's def- I, I would bet big money that he does not perform to this level in the second half. I don't think he has a 202 ERA. I don't think he has an 084 whip. Even if he has like a, a 32 ERA with like a, a, 1-1, a 110 whip, that's still not nowhere near as good as he is right now. So if you can go out there and trade him for a, a Dylan Cease or a Joe Musgrove or an Aaron Nola or some of these guys that are behind him, I would do it in a heartbeat. Or even if you can go out there and get yourself a bat like you need, if you can go out there and get a Stanton who I think is going to have a big breakout second half or, um, you know, a Chris Bryant or that type of guy, right? Go out and do it. Go get it done. Don't sit back. Don't be passive about it. Go out and do it. Um, if I had to pick someone that's not in the top 10 right now that can get there, um, actually, Matt, I'm going to go with one of your boys again because I just see the name there and it stands out to me. Um, Julio Urias. I think Julio Urias, um, you know, has been rebounded from a very, very tough first half. Um, on the year, Julio Urias is a nine, uh, 96 innings, eight wins, 94 Ks, 289 ERA, and a 102 whip. So if you saw how he was struggling at the beginning of the year and how well he's rebounded, I think um, he's in store for a big, big second half. I don't know if he can go out there and buy low on him right now because he's, you know, he's pretty much almost a household name as far as fantasy baseball goes at the moment. And, you know, he's, he's picked it up a lot lately. But if I had to give you somebody that's not in the top 10 that I think could get there, I think, uh, I think Urias has a great shot at. Great call out. Love it. I really do. And personally, I'm right there with you on selling him. I think that he's going to probably start flopping. I'm not fully, but enough. And that's Donsolin, right? Yeah, enough to enough to make you like regret keeping him. So I think this is the right move. It's a good trade target. Um, look at somebody that's been struggling, maybe too. Like, so funny enough, I don't know if you guys know about uh, my boy Gilly Gilly, right? Oh, he's had a rough go. He's only had one good start, and like a cut, like he has. He's been very up and down, but I think that's going to be corrected, right? So he's been getting lit up, and somebody may be on the fence, especially in redraft leagues, right? Dynasty, you probably won't won't touch him with a 10-foot pole because you're not getting him. But he's a great trade target. He's going to bounce back. He's going to figure it out. And I think you can probably drop Gonsolin for Gilly, and he's going to end up being a way way better second half and probably help you get that playoff and possibly that ship. I think that's um, a savvy and- trade, man. I like that. That's a savvy trade. And, in, and, and I know you're saying in Dynasty Keeper will be harder, but if you can pair Gonsolin – with a bat, like, you know, somebody that's a little older, that's doing well, you know, that's overperforming and get yourself a Logan Gilbert for next year, uh, the way that the Seattle team's looking. I think that's a savvy, savvy trade. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm looking at it just from a perspective of like, okay, who do I trust going into the second half? Right. And I trust Gilly hands down and another guy I really like too. And he started off the year hot and that's Pablo Lopez. Oh yeah. He's had, he's had a bunch of terrible starts over the last couple, couple of uh, games, and he kind of looked like he figured out against, against I don't know, Pitt. He had one tough game, and that's going to be the Mets, and then Washington. Lit up against St. Louis. Pitched good against Colorado at home. Mets lit him up at a 10 ERA. Lit up against Houston. Got lit up against San Francisco. And he got lit up against Tampa Bay. Matt, do you have Pablo Lopez's numbers on the year handy? It's awesome. Yeah, I'll hear those. 104 innings, six um, six Ws, 101 Ks, a 286 ERA, and a 107 WHIP. Now, yeah, numbers sound like, oh my God, why are you telling me to trade trade him right now? Well, because he's going to bounce back one, and he can make his way into the top ten. He was the number one pitcher 
for two months yeah, and then yeah. things kind of fell apart. So I, I would take my bet on him as well. And the reason why I say you can do it, because you're trading probably the, like the number two or number three overall pitcher and his numbers are fantastic right now, you know, with the, with the two Oh two ERA, I think that somebody's going to be like, Oh, they're stupid. You're going to trade me that for that. Yeah. You can probably get Pablo Lopez and something. So I think those are my two trade targets when I'm saying I'm talking, I'm trading him. And another guy to sell high on is Miles Michaelis. He's right outside oh, the yeah. side 10. Oh, Lord. This guy, I think we did like a whole episode about yeah. this guy. <laughs> I, I'm surprised he's even doing this good. Like, you know, I'm shocked. Shocked. He needs to go. Like, you, you, he's going to, he's going to flop. He's going to flop hard and he's going to mess up your whole second half. If I'm wrong, whatever. You can get a haul for this guy. I'm, I'm, he, I'm, on, I'm on board with Matt saying, but you know what? There is like a sneaky like 20% chance he kind of keeps him, keeps it up because he might have figured something out. I haven't really done my deep dive into his mechanics and all that stuff, but something about him, he seems like a different kind of pitcher, but I still would sell high on him. He's like a he's like a Tony Gonsolin light almost where yeah. like, yeah, he's still overperforming, but, you know, some people might, you know, be savvy enough to realize that he is overperforming. I think with Tony Gonsolin, most, most fantasy owners be like, Oh, Tony Gonsolin's been so good. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, that type of ordeal. But I mean, it's the same thing with, with him. And I think you could probably pull out a Urias for him again, Gilly again, Lopez. If you could do any of that guys, like, yeah, you got something got to do it. You got something. It. You can probably get a really nice package. Like, Michaelis or or Gonsolin can be a centerfold of you scooping up like, shoot, one of these pitchers who are on the downward turn that kind of they probably have a bad taste in their mouth right now how they're performing, and then sneak in a really nice bat like I don't know maybe Jazz Chisholm who's hurt right now. Oh yeah, if you if you guys can do something like that, you totally need it. And I think it's obtainable because this is the second time Jazz has been hurt, right? And this is how you can sell it to him too. He's been hurt. He did this last year. You know, he might slump now. He ain't gonna slump. He's going to be incredible. But th- this is the selling point. And this is also something that could be running through the fantasy owner's mind as well. And I think that, you know what, you can sneak him out. You could sneak out uh, John Carlos Stanton, too. He'd be like, oh. That, you know, that, like, I'll tell you this. Um, yeah, I think Stanton's in for a huge second half, guys. Uh, the batting average is going to come up and all that type of stuff. But let's let's move on from starting pitcher. Let's head over to the first base side, right? Um, yeah. Just going to read you guys off top ten real quick. Once again, this is on Yahoo. Um you got Paul Goldschmidt, number one. Guy's been absolutely on fire the whole season. Freddie Freeman, number two. Austin Riley, number three. I know he may not be eligible at first base in other leagues, but he is on Yahoo. Uh, CJ Crone, number four. Pete Alonzo, number five. Kyle Schwarber, number six. Anthony Rizzo, number seven. Vlad Jr., number eight. Uh, Josh Bell, number nine. Uh, and then Jose Abreu, number 10. So um, if I'm looking at the top 10 right there, if there's anyone I think that's going to fall out, I think it's Josh Bell. I don't think Josh Bell is going to hit over 300 for the whole season like he is uh, the rest of the season like he is now. Sitting 311, 49 runs, 13 bombs, 50 RBIs. So he would be my guy to try and um, trade out of all the first basemen. And if I had to reach down and pull somebody up that I think is going to be, you know, um, top 10 potential, might not get there, but definitely the potential. Um, Well, I got two guys. I'm going to throw out two names just because I like them both. Ty France, obviously, you know, he, I'm so happy he made the all-star game. Very happy for him. Uh, I got, I told you guys in the preseason, he was, you know, he, I think he was my breakout, um, you know, at second base. Uh, guy was a monster in the minor leagues, had a great college career. He's just a very, very talented hitter. So if you can go out there and get yourself a Ty France, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people know who he is now, but if you can go out there and get him, do it. And my other guy, you know, is a guy who's having a sneaky, sneaky good season, um, and that's Andrew Vaughn. I don't know if he's eligible at first in um, all leagues, but he uh, outfielder, you know, for the Chicago White Sox. He's eligible at first on Yahoo. That's why I'm talking about him right now. <laughs> he's only 70% owned. 
Um, you know, he's got 36 uh, runs, 10 bombs, 48 RBIs. He's sitting 301 and only 279 at-bats. He was a very highly, highly touted prospect as he was coming up. And he's finally fulfilling, you know, what a lot of people thought he would do. Power's a little bit low, but I think, you know, he's in store for a very big second half. I agree. I, I agree. Now, I agree with also trading Josh Bell. And you don't have to look too far down. Right now, to be completely honest, the guy I'd really go after would be Matt Olson. Ew. Oh, wow. Very, yes. Um, Matt Olson has been underperforming. He's been a little, he's been hot as hell. And the owner is probably like, well, I don't know if he's going to do this again. Maybe he'll cool off. But I think this is, this is the Matt Olson I have projected to be my number two overall first baseman coming into the year. I just didn't factor in my, my philosophy. For some reason, <laughs> I just skipped him, you know? But the second half looks very bright. Looks like he finally figured it out. Looks like he fi- he's starting to like Atlanta. And they're grooving. And I would try and get in on that while it's still hot, right? So I would try and drop like a Josh Bell um, and trying to acquire him because I think he's going to – the sky's the limit. And if, if you could do like a Josh Bell and Tony Gonsolin and go out there and get him at Olsen, you do that in a heartbeat, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you probably get and, – and a lot more. You get a lot more. It wouldn't just be Olsen. You'd snag something else. Trust me. I'd even trade Rizzo. I mean, the guy's hitting bombs, but he's killing you in batting average. So, like, he's another one I'd probably go after and, you know, make make a trade offer for a good pitcher or uh, a, a pitcher-bat kind of combo. You know, first base has actually been pretty damn good this year. I'm very surprised. The top 10 is all within the top 63 overall players. Yeah. So, I'm very, very impressed. Actually, top 50 which usually that doesn't happen for a position if outside of outfield usually. So, you know, first base has been well above what I thought it was going into the season. I thought it was a little ugly of a list and I didn't like anybody really after five, but Hey, we got a bunch of performers here. So, you know, it's a, it's a very, how do I put this a very rich, rich thing, uh, rich position. But at the same time, a lot of these guys weren't even expected to be in the top 10 at first base. So these were all waiver wire pickups, which means these guys scooped them up and a lot of teams probably still don't have a first baseman, which then you can leverage again. Yeah, yeah, Matt, you're 100% right there. But that's enough first base talk. Let's move over into second. Um, in second base, once again, Yahoo rankings were going off here, guys. Um, Trey Turner, number one. Now, this one gets a little controversy because he's only eligible at second on Yahoo. That's Mookie Betts. He's number two, you know, so take that with a grain of salt. If he's not eligible at second in your league, sorry. Um, Brandon Drury, this, this is one's crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm before I even go any further, he's the sell high guy. He's the one that you want to, you know, and, and you know what though? I, I think Cincinnati might trade him. So there is a chance he might wind up on a better team, but I'll tell you this, he might wind up in a worse hitting park because Cincinnati is one of the best hitting parks in all of baseball. But let me keep the movement here. Tommy Edmonds, number four, Marcus Simeon's number five, Travis Story's number six, Jose Altuve's number seven, Jazz Chisholm's number eight. Luisa Rise is number nine, and DJ LeMahieu is number 10. So as I said, I think the obvious one to sell high on is Brendan Drury. Um, on the year, he's at 309 at-bats, 56 runs, 18 bombs, 52 RBIs, two steals, and he's hitting 278. So those numbers look good right now, but I, he's never really done anything like this before. So, you know, it's kind of like an outlier, if you know, that's what I like to say anyway. So, you know, a lot of times you see an outlier, you should really count it as an outlier. Don't Unless it's like a young kid, unless it's like a young kid coming up, you know, learning the game a little bit. But a guy like him that's been around for a long time and has never shown it before, to me, it says that, you know, 
yeah, you know what? Maybe he even keeps it going a little bit longer, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be a long term thing with him. He's not gonna be a fantasy baseball staple. So if you can go out there and trade him once again, we've given you guys a lot of targets to go after. You know, kind of moves to make. You could package him in a deal and go and get you some of the guys we've been talking about. Go ahead and do it. But you know, if I had to pick somebody down here, you know, um, scroll down a little bit, somebody I think that could get into the top ten. Um, you know, Whit Merrifield, man, you know, I know he's a little banged up and he's been a little banged up all year, but you know what? He's a great steals candidate. Um, you know, that batting average is going to come up um, on the year with Merrifield's got 45 runs. He's got five bombs. He's got 36 RBIs, 14 steals, and he's hitting 240. He's usually way closer to a 300 hitter. I think for the second half, if he hits you 300 with another 14 steals, a lot of runs, you know, he's on a great team. Uh, Bobby Witt's heating up. Uh, MJ Melendez is heating up. They called up uh, Vinny Pasquantino, the Italian breakfast. He's heating up. So, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a great move. If you can go out there, you can get Whit Merrifield nice and cheap. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, Merrifield's a great trade target. Jorge Polanco is another great trade target. Love that one. Dom actually told me about this because I was pissed about how bad he's been, and then he came back from the injury, started heating up. And Dom filled me in on the fact that, hey, he's more of a, a second-half kind of guy. And, and I'm going to um, get you his, his, that, his second half stats from while you're ramping. He's, he's a very hot second half kind of, kind of player. So at this point, get him before, before, his, before his value just goes through the roof. Um, and Dom, do you have the stats? Uh, I'm working on it. I'm getting right, it. I'm, okay. I'm pulling it. You, know, you know how baseball references. Yeah, All right, hold on. I got it. I got it. So mm-hmm. last year for um, Jorge Polanco, right, after a tough first half last year again. Last year, Jorge Polanco hit in the first half 49 runs. 12 bombs, 43 RBIs, seven steals, 252. That was 82 games. So in 70 games, Jorge Polanco in the second half last year um, had 275 at-bats, 48 runs, so one less run, 21 bombs. He hit nine more bombs in 12 less games in the second half, 55 RBIs, so he um, 12 more RBIs, four steals, a little bit less on the base pass because he was hitting way more bombs, and he hit 287. So, you know, Matt hit the nail on the head. Um, actually, I, I, Matt, I love that one. Um, that's a great one. If you guys can go get Jorge Polanco on the cheap right now, you, you, go, you go and you do it in a heartbeat because he's going to have a monster second half. The team is better than it was last year. You know, Correa has been pretty good. I think he bounces back, you know. And, um, man, I'm just – I'm high on him, Matt. I like that one. Good call. Thank you. So, guys, with all that being said, you know, we're going to head into third base now. And um, third base has been an interesting position so far this year, kind of underperforming in a lot of different ways. So, once again, guys, going through Yahoo rankings here, um, number one, Jose Ramirez. Number two, Rafi Devers. Number three, Austin Riley. Number four, Manny Machado. Number five, once again, Brandon Drury. You guys know how we feel about him already. Number six, Bobby Wood Jr. Number seven, Nolan Arenado. Number eight, Luis Arise. Number nine, DJ LeMahieu. And number 10, Patrick Wisdom. And that one, I'll tell you this, the real number 10 is Ty France. But, you know, um, Yahoo likes to value stolen bases, you know, um, you know more than anything else. So I, I actually, I, let's do a little comp here, right? Patrick Wisdom to Ty France. Patrick Wisdom numbers on the year. He's had 313 at-bats, 48 runs, 17 bombs, 46 RBI, six steals, and he's hitting 220. Ty France, on the other hand, 35 runs, a little bit less, but um, yeah, a little bit less on the runs. 11 bombs, a little bit less. Um, 49 RBIs, a little bit more, and he's hitting 308, you know, which is almost 100 points better in batting average. I mean, I'll take Ty France over Patrick Wisdom all day. Not saying that Patrick Wisdom is bad if Neil Power steals a combo, but I think on the whole, you know, Ty France is a little bit better. 
if I had to pick somebody, you know, that stands out here that shouldn't be there besides Drury, um, you know, Luis Arise is a lot of empty batting average. You know, the runs are good too, you know, so he's a runs uh, batting average guy. He's hitting 338 on the end, which is helpful. But the rest of the numbers really don't stand out to me. Five bombs, 30 RBIs, two steals. So he's a little bit of an outlier there. Um, I think he's great, great batting average. I think he hits well over 300 for the rest of the year. But, you know, um, if you could sell high on him too, I would totally do it. And then if I had to reach down and, you know, find somebody here that I think could, you know, want find their way into the top 10 for the second half. Um, this one's kind of tough because it's a really tough position. But uh, I think I might have to say Justin Turner, right? Um, you know, he's been heating up a little bit of late. You know, he's got the batting average all the way up to 252 after a really tough start. You know, he's got eight bombs. He's got 51 RBIs, which is actually nice. He's got 40 runs, which is nice, too, and 305 at-bats. So, you know, he could be in for a big second half. You know, he's normally close to a 300 hitter with a little bit of power. So if I had to target anybody specifically at third base, I might see if I could throw a buy low offer at the uh, buy low offer at the Justin Turner owner. Otherwise, it's a really, really tough position, guys. There's not many other people, you know. Uh, maybe Santiago Espinal, who's only 35% owned. You know, he wound up making the all-star team. Um, 325 at-bats Espinal has uh, 33 runs, six bombs, 37 RBIs, five steals, and 271. So if you need a guy that's going to have a decent batting average, a couple steals, you know, on a good team, you know, Espinal could be a target as well. But otherwise, third base is tough, guys. Third base is tough. Third base is very tough. I think, if anything, the only guy that's probably worth even trying to scoop up, and to be honest, third base is just third base, um, is Birdie. The criminal, okay. you know, the yeah. savage stealer, the pocket picker, you know. 28 Mr. steals, leaving the Mr. league. Mr. Steal Your Girl. Um, <laughs> I like that one. That's what we got to call John Birdie. I like that one. Mr. Steal Your Girl. I like that yeah. one. That's a good one. He's worth it. Um, he may even be available in some leagues. Um, most leagues, I mean, he's not. Um, he's about 78% owned. If he's available, scoop him up because he's about to come back off that injury list. Um, and then there's somebody that's a free agent everywhere under the sun, but it's somebody to at least add if you have a, if you don't have a third baseman, uh, if you're not gifted enough to not, – not gifted. If you weren't blessed with drafting a good third baseman, Key Brian Hayes is a possible trade. Um, somebody is – they're probably going to trade him and he's probably going to be unleashed and have like 75, ribby, uh, 75 runs under his belt. Billy, this the second half, I mean, he'll probably go to the Dodgers or some weird thing. And he'll still hit you like 700,000 batting average. And, um, you know, maybe get some other counting stats and steals. So he's another one that's definitely valuable. You can probably pick up right now. Yeah, man, I agree with you. You know, if Hayes does wind up on a good team, I could see him getting unleashed. You know, he, his numbers are very underperforming this year than, you know, people expected. So for Key Brian Hayes on the year, he's had 323 at-bats. 40 runs, four bombs, 28 ribbies, 10 steals, which is nice. He's only hitting 251, but we all know he has a lot more batting average in that bat. The power might not be too much higher on, like, you know, a normal season. On, on If he was on a better team, I'd be around, like, a 10 to 15 home run guy. But the run should be a lot better. You know, the batting average should be a lot better. Look out, guys, because, you know, he is – well, he's actually kind of highly owned. I'll be honest with you. He should not be 72% owned the way he's performing right now. But if he does wind up on a better team and he's out there in your league, um, I'd say he's an instant, instant uh, snag. So we'll move on. We're going to head over to shortstop now. Um, once again, guys, Yahoo rankings, just going to keep pointing that out. So, you know, bear with me. <laughs> Trey Turner is number one. Uh, Dansby Swanson, guys. Oh, my God. What a breakout year for him. Uh, number two. Uh, Francisco Lindor, number three. Uh, Tommy Edmond, number four. Bobby Witt, number five. Corey Seager, number six. Xander Bogarts, number seven. Uh, Marcus Simeon, eight. 
Trevor Story, 9. Bo Bichette, 10. And Jazz Chisholm, uh, well, Jazz Chisholm is 11. Kind of, I saw his name and I kept going. So there, that was, that's the top 11 there. Uh, actually, you know, looking at it now, um, shortstop has been kind of tough. You know, a lot of these guys are underperforming. Bo Bichette's underperforming. So, you know, if you can go out there and get, get yourself a Boba Shet, you know, because you look at the last three years before this, you hit like two, over 290 every year, you know, good pop, good speed. I think, you know, it's a little blimp in the radar for him. You know, um, not, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why. I'd have to do a deep dive on the stats. But, you know, once again, I believe in, the, I believe in who Boba Shet is. I believe in what he did the last three years. So, you know, on the year, uh, Bichette's got 385 at-bats, 49 runs, 14 bombs, 50 RBIs, seven steals, and he's hitting 257. So that batting average is going to come up, guys. He's not a 257 hitter. He's way closer to a 300 hitter. You can go out there and snag him. I think he's the he's the buy low and um, at shortstop. Right? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I completely agree, but who knows? Um, the people are still holding out because they invested probably a top three picking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're probably going to have to give up somewhat of a value, but there is there is a couple players that probably would, like Tommy Edmonds, who finally is breaking out. If you're a truther, you know you know what he can do, but at the same time, he hasn't been able to do that for the last three years. So this may be a one-year wonder. This may be the first half, half of greatness and flop. Uh, do I feel that way? Not exactly. And to be honest, too, I mean, the only reason he's even ranked this high um, is – steals. <laughs> right, he's 20 steals. He's only hitting, you know, 260 on the year, seven bombs, 64 runs, and 33 ribbies. So, like, you know, somebody's probably low on Bob, and, you know, probably is like, ah, you know, we'll see what happens. You might be able to scoop him out. I don't know. But, you know, usually don't trade a shortstop for a shortstop, nine out of ten times. But that's somebody that I would say target. Other than that, I mean, you know, only person I'd probably trade away, and I, I may, you may think I'm crazy, is if, is if you're – you're struggling for power, right? If you're one of those teams that aren't experiencing the power flow, um, the player I'd probably that's probably killing you the most is probably uh, Xander Bogarts. He's not really a home run guy, right? He's going to get you 23, 25 max on the year. I and don't think you're crazy, to be honest. Yeah, I actually think, think that's good analysis. Either, either. He's just a great baseball player. You know, this is no knock on, on Bogarts. I think he's fantastic. But the name and his consistency kind of sells him, Right. So what I would say is trade him for somebody with pop and try and try and get something done in that way. And he'd probably be your best possible trade target and selling high because yeah, he's going to finish high, but he's not going to get you in the categories you probably need to catch up in. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. The funny thing with Xander Bogarts is, is like, he's like the, a different version of himself every year. Right. Cause one year, like, you know, if you look back to 2019, he had 33 bombs with 117 ribbies. And then you go to 2020, you know, he was more of a, a steals guy with the eight steals and, you know, um, a lot of runs. It, it's just, he, he he's almost like he's reinventing himself every year, which is so interesting. And this year he's a batting average guy again with the batting 316 with the 54 runs, you know, the power's a little bit low, you know, only the seven bombs, the steals, he's at five. You know what, maybe he winds up, you know, being a little bit more sneaky on the base paths, you know, in the second half because, um, you know, he's not really hitting a lot of those home runs. But once again, guys, if you can go out there and trade yourselves, if you're, you know, if you have another shortstop that's serviceable, you could trade Xander Bogarts, get you, you know, like a nice little pitcher or something along the sorts of that if you need. Uh, I would go out there and make that move, guys. Um, real quick, I do want to point out somebody that, you know, is also kind of a little bit underperforming, been a little banged up this year, someone that I'm personally high on. It's Carlos Correa. You know, he's been a little banged up this year, a little bit hurt. But you know what? If he wants to, you know, because he can opt out. Um, it's, he signed a three-year deal. Um, so he can opt out after every year. 
So I think he was expecting himself to do what Aaron Judge is doing and, you know, uh, performing to get that next big contract. He's been a little bit underperforming this year. So on the year, uh, Carlos Correa, 269 at-bats, 39 runs, 11 bombs, 33 RBIs, hitting 279. I think he's in for a big second half. So if you can go out there and you could, you know, buy low on him and get him on the cheapy cheaps, I think, you know, that's a, that's a good move. If you can go out there, throw out a Tony Gonsolin for him, you know, or Matt, who else do we uh, say a starting pitcher we were looking to get rid of? Tony Gonsolin and who else? I, mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even throw a Tony Gonsolin. I'd try, I'd try and just sneak Correa into the trade. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. His, Correa has just been atrocious. His flanges are just, just up there. Um, I will say that. He is a little bit injury prone. That is true. And to be completely honest, like, he's fantastic at times, but, like, this is kind of like what we see, though. He gets hurt and then he sucks. Like, I'm just not a fan. He was on my do not draft list this year. Um, I didn't want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. I knew this was going to happen. He's probably the biggest flop. And, you know, to be completely honest, I mean, they might want to Bobby Benigni him because he's bad. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. Uh, see, we got a little bit differing opinions here. I think he bounces back. And I'll, I'll tell you guys this. Um, if, if it's not the second half this year, as Matt and I always say, you know, it's tough when you go into a new team on the first year to, you know, get adjusted and do everything right. Because if he doesn't have the big second half, he's stuck in Minnesota for another year, you know, collecting that I'll big cry. paycheck. And, um, yeah, I mean, he might, to be honest with you. I, I could, If he doesn't have a big second half, he's just going to opt in and he's not going to, you know, go anywhere. And the next year's the big year for him because it's going to happen, guys. Correa, in my opinion, uh, Correa is just too talented of a hitter to not have, you know, a, a, at least a one really another big year. Uh, in his future, he's still young enough where it could happen. But Holiday with all that being said, oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead before we move Holiday on. Holiday correct because he's just destroying my boy Royce Lewis. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. I mean, if he doesn't have a big second half, you, you know he's opting in for the $33 million again oh, next yes. year because no one else is giving it to him. No. Yeah, but with all that being said, guys, we're going to move into the outfield now. And then, uh, you know, we'll probably wrap. Maybe we'll talk closures a tiny, tiny bit. But um, so for the outfield, uh, we got Aaron Judge, number one, I think, as everyone expected. Uh, you know, Jordan Alvarez, number two. Uh, guys, you know, if you listen to us, you know, I ranted about this guy, you know, all offseason, Julio Rodriguez, number three, you know. And You're welcome. Guys, it's only it's only going to get better. <laughs> Mookie Betts, number four. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, number five. Bryce Harper's being hurt, still number six. Uh, Luis Robert, number seven. Mike Trout, number eight. Kyle Tucker, number nine. <laughs> and Brandon Drury, there he is again at number 10, guys. I'll just keep saying this. Get rid of him. Trade him for what you can and uh, keep it going. Actually, this top 10 is kind of almost spot on. I really like everybody there. Maybe Kyle Schwarber's a little high, but those 29 bombs, 62 runs, and 58 RBIs and chipped in four steals is really helping you. The only category he's not is the batting average, obviously, a 208. But I still love everything that Kyle Schwarber does. He's going to finish the year probably – I think he might lead the league in home runs or if not, he's second to Aaron Judge. He's going to wind up with 40-plus in my opinion. Uh, but if I had to reach down and uh, – Tell you guys, you know, somebody to, you know, to, to look after in a trade. And uh, it's got to be Giancarlo Stanton, right? I know he's got the 24 bombs and the 61 ribs, but, um, you know, he's only hitting 237. And that's like, that's a career low for the guy. You know, he's normally like a 260, 270 hitter. You know, just go back the last few years and look. I think um, the set, he's primed for a big second half. I think being home in L.A. for him um, was, a, was a big thing. He won All-Star Game MVP. I, I think he's going to break out, guys. Um, if you want one more name here. Um, I'll even go the guy right under him, uh, Cedric Mullins. I think he's in for a big second half as well because, you know, he's been very hot the past month. Um, you know, he's got 19 steals on the season. He's got 49 runs. 
Uh, seven bombs isn't what you really expected in the 36 RBIs either in the 256 batting average. But the 256 batting average was from, from a tough start. I believe he's hitting, you know, 280, 290 over the past month. And, you know, a lot of those deals have come then, you know, and a lot of those runs have come then. So he's another guy that I'd be uh, going out there looking to buy low on that outfield. Yeah, I mean, for sure. There's a name up there that's a little depressing that he's not there yet, but I think the second half is going to be another second half bounce bad guy. Um, and that's Ronald Acuna. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> How can we forget about your boy Acuna? Um, personally, I think that right now he's a perfect buy low candidate. He's really underperforming. It's actually quite putrid. He's hitting 182 over the last two weeks. And he's not really doing much. He's stealing bases. You know, he, he's, he's going – he's trying to steal Birdie's, Birdie's cow title here. But, I mean, I think there's definitely a bounce back. I think that, hey, like, you know, this break is going to be good for him to calm down, wow. figure it out. We, we, we clearly can see the knee is not a problem since he's stealing bases. I, think I didn't even realize strength. that he had 20 steals. Yeah, he's killing it right now in that yeah, department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got to figure out the rest, and I think that's going to come. You know, I think the home run derby is going to correct things too. So, you know, let's see what happens, and maybe he's going to get his swing right. Um, and you could probably throw, like, a jury or somebody, because, I mean, to be honest, you had to pick Cunha really high, even though he was hurt. In redraft. I don't think anyone's giving him wins. No, 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 no. I mean redraft. This <laughs> yeah, is strictly yeah, yeah. redraft. You Just wanted to point it out. Just wanted yeah. to point it out. Um, unless you have some stupid idiot that owns him, then shoot it out there. Um, but, I mean, Acuna – like you can probably get like a really good trade for him and probably get him on a discount for one of the guys like uh, Drew, Drury Edmonds or any of the other guys at Gonsolin. You could throw Gonsolin at him. That would be a great trade target. And I do that one for one. Um, and personally, I'd be smiling ear to ear because I'm about to get one of the, my opinion. If he wasn't hurt, he would have been my number one overall outfielder hands down. Um, I think he's the best player of baseball when he's healthy. So yeah. yeah, he's definitely one of the, one of the top players in baseball when he's you know he's going at the the way Acuna normally does, right? I'll say this: I think we see a little trade off because you know he's not hitting the bombs like we expect. On the, I'll give you Acuna's numbers on the year: um, two hundred thirty at bats, thirty eight runs, eight bombs, twenty two ribbies, twenty steals, and he's hitting two sixty five. Once again, that's Ronald Acuna of the Atlanta Braves. I think it's a trade off here. I think. The, the steals come down a little bit because he's not going to be um, on first base as much or second base because he's going to hit more home runs. I think Acuna is going to give you 20 bombs in the second half and he's going to hit, you know, 280, 290. Those runs are going to be up. The RBIs are going to be up. He's on one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball. And as Matt said, if you can go out there and sneaky, uh, send a sneaky offer for him, you know, maybe Gonsolin and uh, Drury or Gonsolin and like, a, you know, another bat or just somebody that's basically, basically you want to get two overperforming guys put him in a package and this is redraft and you know, you send that trade for Acuna and you know, hopefully it goes through. Right. So guys, we're going to wrap here. You know, let's, Matt, let's talk a little bit of closers. Why not? You know, um, yeah. actually it's, uh, let's sort it this way. I'm, we're going to do the top 10 guys, uh, top 10 saves who, um, you know, players that have um, top 10 guys and saves right now. Let's do it that way. Bet. So number one right now with 27 saves is Josh Hader. Number two with 26 saves is Taylor Rogers. Number three with 22 saves is Kenley Jensen. Uh, number four with 20 saves is Jordan Romano. Uh, there's actually three guys with uh, 20 saves. It's Edwin Diaz and Daniel Bard as well. Uh, 19 saves, we got Ryan Presley and Class A. Um, and then to round out, we got um, Liam, Hen Liam Hendricks and uh, Gregory Soto with 18 saves, right? 
Now, all of these guys have actually been very good, very serviceable. If you kind of followed uh, my strategy with closers, and I'm not, Matt's, Matt's similar with it, but you know, not, not as much. But if you kind of you wait on closers, you know, there's a lot of guys here that people didn't expect, you know, um, going into the year to get the role, right? Um, so you kind of you kind of can do that, you know. And then even we got Clay Holmes um, has been a monster on the year. Um, guys like uh, David Bednar for the Pirates. Uh, just a lot of guys out there that wound up being sneaky good at saves. So, but if I had to say anybody, you know, that um, I may not be as high on for the second half, I'll say this. Uh, Daniel Bard for the Rockies, it's very tough to pitch in cores, and he's not a K per nine guy. Um, actually, he is a K per nine guy. Sorry about that. He is a K per nine guy. But I think with the 202 ERA and the 101 whip, those numbers might come up a little bit. So if you could sneak him into a trade as well, that's very, very good. Now, if I had to go the other way and um, say somebody that could sneak into the top 10, um, I think it's Paul Seawald, guys, because um, he's just been, uh, since he's gotten the role, he's just been like a house on fire. Uh, Paul Seawald on the year, he's got 36 innings, 43 Ks, three wins, 12 saves, a 2-4-5 um, ERA and a 0-7 whip. And um, on that Seattle team, guys, they just keep winning. I think it's 14 in a row, and I think they're in for a big second half. You know, and if, even if they don't win, I think the games are going to be close. So he's my guy. If you wanted to go out there and uh, get yourself a sneaky good closer, I would uh, target Paul Seawald in a trade. So to be a pick, um, I, I, I think Rossio Iglesias is somebody that's probably going to pop himself, if not break the top 10, at least come really close. Um, I think he's underperforming right now. He's been getting hit a little bit, but I think it, it's still his role. So I, I like think, the whip, though. He has a good whip on the year, though. It's a 103 yeah. whip. So that kind of indicates that he's um, kind of been better than the results have shown with the 4-5 ERA for Lysdale. Exactly. So I, I like him. I think that there's a possibility you can kind of, you know, get the job and keep it going. He's killing it right now. But, I mean, that's really it. I mean, closers, closers. You don't really trade closers because closers are hard to come by. It's like legit, you know, striking oil in your backyard. So yeah, well, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll say if you let's say you went out there and, and you got jo Josh Hader and then um, you got Taylor Rogers later. Right. Because Taylor Rogers was going later in uh, drafts. So if you have the two of them and then you were able to pick up a, a Clay Holmes or, um, you know, a Gregory Soto or, you know, uh, a Seawold or a guy like that. So if you have an abundance of them, sneak one in. <laughs> You're right there, my brother. <laughs> Just slowly dying. It's fine. Yeah, so my thing is, is if you got, let's say you got three or four really good closers, you sneak one in, you sneak one into a trade. Like, you know, um, Taylor Rogers has slowed down a little bit recently, you know, he's been getting hit a little bit. So if you sneak him into a trade with those really good numbers, the 26 saves, the 44 uh, Ks and 37 innings, you know, a 0.98 whip, ERA is a little high at 3.82. But if you sneak one of them in because you got the abundance, you know, do it, guys. The, uh, the point of us going through all of this, was to point out guys that we think that are going to over are going to have good good second halves and guys that we think are going to struggle a little bit. So you, what you want to do is you want to take the guys that we think are going to struggle a little bit, you know, and you trade them for guys that are underperforming. So you know that's basically what we were trying to do here. You know, go through all the positions and give you the MDs thoughts going forward into the second half. But you know what, Matt? I think we're going to wrap here. So guys, until next time. Peace. See you.